You are now listening to Shift the Plan Podcast. My name is Rhonda Evans, and I'll be your host. I'll be interviewing business owners who have successfully navigated through life shifts. Remember, it's never too late to change the game. Let's get started. Thank you for joining another episode of Shift the Plan Podcast. I am here today with an amazing woman. And yes, I'm being a little biased because we go way back. Miss <laughs> Lisa Brown, who is a mother, an author, a businesswoman. Like, she's a hustler. She's from Detroit. So there is no other way to be. <laughs> so welcome to Shift the Plan, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am excited to have you on here because, like I said, we go way back. Like, oh my God. Don't tell her age, Rhonda. Don't tell her age. Look, it's okay because we look good for our age. We look good for our age. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. We look darn good for our age. So it's okay. It's all right. But you know, like, I mean, in high school, like when I got to Benedictine, you were like one of my first friends there. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> girl, ooh, we go on and on about that. But <laughs> today we want our listeners to know how, you know, and I told them the other day on my social media, I said, I don't think y'all ready for this interview. Because <laughs> and you tried to tell them. <laughs> I tried to tell them. Like, if they not subscribed, they better get subscribe because this right here (laughs) this right here so yeah we're gonna start before we get into you know all the things you're doing right now we're gonna take it back a little bit and kind of go to where it first started because right now you're really focusing on your career as an author you have um two books out right on kindle now yes two books out on kindle right now well two for my story and then i have a self-help book self-published Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So right now you have that going on and that has been doing phenomenal. So were you always like back in the day writing like that, like wanting to tell your stories? You know what? Honestly, I've always been a reader. I've never been like a TV watcher, movie person. I've always read books. Um, I kept a journal. I've always been like a journal person to keep like every, journals have saved my life forever. Like just <laughs> journals, diaries, everything. So I never thought I would be an author. Never, never considered it. It's just I went through some painful things and I knew I had a story and I was keeping, you know, everything in my journal. And I said, well, wait a minute, Lisa, your story, you've been through some things, girl, and Uh it could help so many women. And it has. So I guess it just started for me, my passion for reading and then coupled that with everything I went through. It was like, okay, write a book. And sometimes it sounds really crazy. People say, well, you just decided to write a book. And that's just how it happened. It just, I just was flipping through my journal, looking at everything I've been through. And I said, I should write a book and just did it. Okay, so let our listeners know a little bit about who you are because just because I know you, (laughs) so let our listeners know exactly who you are, where you're from, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, well, I am Lisa Brown. I am from Detroit. Um, I know Ms. Rhonda from Benedictine High School. Uh, I'm not going to tell our class. (laughs) 
right, right. Um, graduated from there. I have a associate from Oakland County Community College, and then I went on to Wayne County Community College and had got my associates in business. I have two boys, the love of my life, um, Antonio and Anthony. They're 23 and 21. I actually have two adopted uh, children also. I know people like, where do these kids come from? But they're my ad- adopted sons. Um, I worked at the state of Michigan for 10 years. And before all of this stuff happened, that that was, you know, my heart, too. My employment with the state of Michigan. Um I guess leading up to that, okay, I was married to my kids' fathers for 10 years. Um, high school, I think you might remember him. That was uh, <laughs> crime and everything, you know, high school love. We outgrew each other. You know how sometimes I do. He's still a really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I was married again after that for a short time later and just recently to my third husband. And that's who I kind of went through a lot of different things with, mm-hmm. which I don't know if I'm rushing the story, which is what brought me to where I'm at today. My last marriage, it you know turned out to be a domestic violence situation. It wasn't physical, and I guess that's kind of the thing. I kind of want a lot of women to know. Sometimes we think um, domestic violence is punching me, hitting me. Mm -hmm. We don't really look at emotional. You can do more emotional damage to me just on a day-to-day basis. In my opinion, I'm still, I've been divorced for two years, and I still have emotional scars from just Mm -hmm. stuff that I went through. So, um, yeah, that's that's. My background, that's kind of how I came to the situation with him. Um, I don't know if you want me to go further into that right now or if it's too early in the interview. But um, once I, we were married for not even six months when you know, names calling started. It was a lot of different things. I ended up asking him for a divorce. Mm-hmm. His, his words were, B, if you ever leave me, I'll ruin your life. Like, it just... And that from jumping around a little bit, I don't take any idle threats, idle anymore. If a man say he's going to do something to you, we, we have to listen. You know, sometimes we laugh it off or he won't do it. Or he, no, if he say I'm going to do A, B and C, pay attention because he, he told me that he said if you he, he wasn't used to rejection. And a lot of men I'm learning, they're just not used to rejection. It's Listen, it's nothing against you or anything. They just don't like to be rejected. So he said that. I still divorced them. I didn't hear from them for maybe six months. Um, I opened up my boutique and one of his friends reached out to me. And his friend said, you you need to get off of Facebook because you're being, (laughs) honestly, he said, your success is going to upset him. He's t- he was telling a lot of people, oh, she's nothing without me. And like he was putting it out here like I needed him. And his friend really was trying to look out for him. He said, Lisa, you're being too happy and you're being too successful on Facebook. And that's going to cause you a problem with him. And three months later, I was shot coming into my house. Yeah. Ooh. Well, before we get into all of that, <laughs> I know right that was, <laughs> I because <was, laughs> that was a lot. 
like you don't realize that you know people think like you said domestic violence has to be physical all the time but those words cut deep like to have someone to constantly say certain things to you even if you are the strongest woman like that can break you down yes yes it can't but you know that's what their plan is like they have some things just intimidate certain men and their thing Uh is if I can get you to think you're nothing, you're you're gonna stay with me. And I just thank God, like my dad, my mom, I was I knew better to even stay in that situation six, seven months. But I just if I would have stayed any longer, he would have broke me down. I mean, just the stress of I just I saw myself change, not even with the verbal abuse. Like you you know me, I'm pretty much a happy go lucky, friendly person. Mm-hmm. Anytime we went out if I looked at somebody, you want to sleep with them. If I, the waiter, if the waiter came and poured uh, some water in my cup and I said, thank you, what would you saying thank you for? You like him, You every, I wanted to sleep with everybody. Rhonda, it had got to the point where we went out to eat, I would look down. I wouldn't even look at other people. And I said, I'm not even myself anymore. You just changed. You completely changed who you are. That's exactly how it is. Like when they do them little things, and it's the small things. Yeah. Like it has, it doesn't even have to be anything major, but it's the small things, and so it starts to make you second guess yourself. Like you said, you start exactly. to look down and like, wait a minute, why am I doing this? Why? Why am I doing this? I just said thank you, but everything is like to demean you. Like you just you hit the nail on the head to make you second guess everything and then it goes from well maybe i did look at him too long or maybe i may i you start thinking you doing this kind of stuff and you're not you're it's just that's all their mind games yeah oh my gosh i know that from your book that just i mean the stories itself are like i couldn't even put it down i literally (laughs) i downloaded it I didn't even have a Kindle app on my phone. <laughs> I downloaded it, and I was in the car, and my husband was just talking to someone. I was like, "Be quiet!" I didn't <laughs> Wait, you know, it's so funny you said that because I, I have husband and wives on my timeline. I literally had husbands inboxing me mad, like I can't even get dinner because my wife. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry to all the men. I'm sorry. Yes, it is just that good. Like, I was so, it was so, oh my, oh my God. Like, I, it was Thank so, you. so good. It was so good. So, Thank I'm you. And let's just say that they end up staying with a man like that, but know that you guys need help. Exactly. You gotta exactly. go get some help. Exactly. But you know what? I'm, another thing, we kind of be ashamed a little okay. bit because that was another thing for me. I, I don't want to tell people that I'm, you know, getting called out by name at home. I so we kind of try to hide it because yep. we're ashamed of it, and that's a that's a big thing too. It is. I was just talking to a a lady at dinner yesterday and I told her, you know, no matter how difficult you think your story is, you are being selfish for not sharing that with somebody. I totally agree. Because you don't know who it might help. I totally agree. And, you know, I got a lot of uh, um, 
backlash about the book. A lot of people were saying, well, you shouldn't have told the story or you shouldn't have. Why? And I think that's the biggest problem. We try to hide so much because we live in a pretend world where we have to pretend that we're we've never been through nothing. We're just saints and we're perfect and we're made of gold. And I said that's that's the problem. No one wants to say your story could help fifteen other women. Exactly. If I maybe if I knew someone who went through what I went through before I went through it, they would have said, "Okay, Lisa, stop right now." But everyone wants to be perfect. So then we live in a world where we want to be perfect. We hide our mistakes and you're, you're not helping other people. Not at all. You're not even helping yourself by not sharing the story. So I agree. You keep it to yourself and then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to deal with this internally. And then that begins to grow in the fluster. And then it breaks you down eventually. You become a shell of a person. You're not even the same person that you used to be before the situation. So it's like um, Mia Ray, who is also a Detroit. (laughs) You know, somebody asked her, you know, how do you, um, how are you so successful or how do you define success? I can't remember the exact words, but she was like, cause I don't care what people think. Exactly. You can't. Yep. That's the bottom line. You can't because one thing for sure, whether you're doing good, bad, rich, poor people are always going to have something to say. I learned that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have to do what's best for me because people are always going, if you you either, people tell me now I'm doing too much. Well, wait a minute. First, I wasn't, (laughs) first you're not doing enough. Now you're doing too much. Which one is it? So you have to just have tunnel vision and do mm-hmm. what's best for you, your family, your kids, and keep it moving. Yeah, you can't please everybody, so you know, why even try? Just do what's best for you and your family. So you were at, um, you worked for the state of Michigan for a very long time. What happened to transition you from that to opening up your uh, retail business? Well, back to this whole situation. I, okay, I was working at the Secretary of State in a in a clerk's office. Mm-hmm. One of the first things my ex-husband did was call my job and tell them I was doing fraudulent transactions. So that wow. so that part of the book I kind of had to change around, you know, for whatever reasons, but they investigated me. They found a ID that I did do wrong years ago before I even knew him. Mm-hmm. They ended up charging me with that. They dropped all the charges, found out it was fake or whatever. And you know, Rhonda, they did me so bad after everything was said and done and they asked me to come back. I couldn't because yeah. I, I I guess my thing was I was a model employee for 10 years, never wrote up, never stole money out of my drawer, never did anything. It took one accusation for you guys to get me off this job, press all these charges, and then it was just like, oh, well, we sorry. What? No. It scared me so bad that your whole world could be in people's so cold hands. Like, this is how I ate. This is how my kids ate. This was our medical insurance. My son is, uh, he has seizures. He needed his medicine. None of that came into play. They didn't think about any of that. So after that, I kind of made up my mind to go 
100% into entrepreneurship because I just couldn't bring myself to put my whole life in another company hands again. Yeah, it was too scary. I just, it was, it was too scary. And I said, okay, I could have came back, but what if somebody else make an accusation? What if something else happens? It's, I don't know. It was just, it's too scary for me. And some people need a nine to five. I know people who are branching out into entrepreneurship without realizing the structure and the discipline and the broke days. You know, that's another thing about social media. Everyone makes entrepreneurship look easy and good. It's not. That's why I have to have, not at all. I have to have five different things going to make one nine to five because Maybe someone doesn't want to buy clothes today. Well, then I can bounce over here. It's it's hard. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my thing for switching over from government or corporate working to entrepreneurship. It just it scared me too bad to put my life back into someone's hands like that. It's funny that you say that because a lot of people they branch off into entrepreneurship. After, you know, they have that stable, you know, like I got this money in the bank. I feel like I can just go ahead and, you know, walk away from this job. But you were in a situation where, like, I have to put food on the table. I have to put a roof over my family's head. So it's either go hard or we're done. That's that's exactly what it was when, you know, when I left there, I said, okay. I didn't know what any outcome was going to be, but I come from a family of entrepreneurs, my dad, my grandmother. So, and I had kind of the boutique before I stopped working, I was doing a little Uh online stuff. Um, So I pulled $5,000 out of my 401k, opened up a full store and I just never looked back. But you know, it was, I had to, I guess that like you just said, that push behind me was, okay, Lisa, you, you can't sell it this. You have to, or what's going to happen. But it was I, no choice. It, it was no choice. But I, now Rhonda, I tell people, if you can stay on a nine to five as long as possible, stay on there, get your business off the ground going, you know, two, three, four years before you leave your nine to five. Because a lot of people quit their nine to five to open a business. That's scary too, because you know that every Friday or every two week checks is good too. Right, you got that little nest egg, that little stability there, but you know, so so talk about what that looks like for the person who's like, I want to start a business, you know, I want to start a t-shirt line, I want to open up a store, or even just an online boutique. What that really looks like stepping into entrepreneurship? It looks scary. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, I guess my biggest thing is it can be so discouraging at first because so many things, so many people are doing and they're doing a lot of it. You first have to know, okay, it's enough money for everybody out here. That's A. B, you have to be confident in what you're doing, your product, to know I'm not going to worry about what everyone else is doing. I'm creating this product that I can stand behind and, you know, that's and go from there. I would advise anybody first, do a little small sample of your product. Put it mm-hmm. out there a little bit. Even if it's, you know, social media is powerful. Now, a lot of people don't do social media how they should. I make 80% of my money off of social media. See? 
Yeah. It's powerful. Get it, let's say, like you said, t-shirts. Okay, I'm going to get five t-shirts designed. That's very cheap, small. Put it on Facebook. Get feedback. What do you think about this? Would you buy it? Give two or three t-shirts. Now, I'm going to tell you a lot of stuff people miss out too. You have to give so much away in the beginning to uh-huh. generate any kind of buzz. A lot of people are like, well, why do I have to? Well, no one knows who you are. So, Maybe get 10 t-shirts made. Give one to someone in high school. See how the high school kids will react to it. One to a grown person. Like, it's just different little things you can do. It's hard. I I just want to stress that a lot of people think that they step into entrepreneurship and success comes overnight. It doesn't. Like, I had my boutique online for two years before I even started seeing profit. I had to sell everything at the price I was buying it for just to generate, you know, customers. Well, that's the part right there. I think uh, I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs say that in the beginning, you have to be willing to give some stuff away for free or do services for free. Um, because like you said, don't nobody know who you are. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to spend all this money with you just on the strip. That exactly. No, they don't know who you are. So you got to build up that credibility. So it's okay in the beginning to say, you know, like for me, I do websites. I'm going to do this person's website for free because what in turn, People are going to see that. They're going to be like, oh, okay, that's a nice website. Who did your exactly. website? You know, it's that referral. But exactly. Word of mouth is everything. Word it of is. mouth is everything. Yes, you are right about that. It is everything. So, yeah, I definitely tell people all the time, like, don't be so scared to give away something for free. Like, you're going to get it back. Exactly. You're going to get it back in double. Exactly. <laughs> So when you went over into the boutique world and, you know, you kind of popped some buzz real quick, though. (laughs) You know, everybody was like, wait a minute, let me go. This is the place to be. This is the spot. So, you know, you guys sparked the buzz kind of quick. But (laughs) shortly after that, you expanded, right? I did. So I started, you you are from here. I started in Greenfield Plaza. Like, mm-hmm. I know people say well, Greenfield Plaza, but that's a good place to start because they have yep. high traffic. Like, if you can yep. get it on the first or the third floor. Um, the stores are small. It's not storefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why everything is like steps. I went from online to Greenfield Plaza, which was a small store. And as that grew, then I went to a actual storefront. Um, and I think another thing, and see, it's kind of iffy. I kind of was able to connect with the younger people that were popping in the community. Mm-hmm. You, know, you give them an outfit. Um, you're giving it to them once again. Put this on, and, and when you go out, they take a yeah. couple of pictures. They have all these followers. They tag you. Next thing you know, 100 people following you off of that one Instagram post. And they're good customers. So it's, it's just, it's so many different little, how, what's the word they use? I don't want to use tricks and gimmicks, but it's just um, strategies. I literally was on a, um, a, a masterclass, listen to a masterclass this morning with Ronnie Brown. And I tell you not. You hit almost every point that she has. She said <laughs> You have hit uh, so many of her points already. <laughs> and that is just so true. It's just these little, the little things, and it's 
it's so amazing that one thing, it all it takes literally is one person or one thing to get you so much. And, and it comes out the clear blue where it might be the person you don't even think or know. Mm-hmm. It's just all about switching up, not being scared to try different things. And you just, you know, pray it work out. Exactly. You just have to pray and work out. Oh, what? Yeah, I'm afraid it worked out. But I'm glad that it did. And it worked out in the best way because, you know, you, like you said, you had no other, there was no plan B. And so you did it. But you also come, like you said, from a family of entrepreneurs. So you kind of had a basis of it. You know, you went to school for business. Um, and then that, that push behind you was already there. Right. So it was like there was no um, other way for this story to end up but to be a success story. And so once you did that, you know, you opened up your social club. Is that yeah. part of the same building or was that just a whole nother brick and mortar? That was that was just a some a totally whole different thing. And the story behind that is actually funny because I'm very overprotective of my kids. And <laughs> like, I have four boys and then they all have friends and it's like, okay, they like uh we don't never have anywhere to go because I don't really let them do bars and clubs here. It's just, it's bad. It's, it's bad. bad. And I said, it's always the kid who parent never let them go. The one time you do, something happens. So they was joking and they said, Ma, you need to open up a club. I said, maybe I do need to open up a club. So that's where the social club came from. And um, it's not open anymore for, you know, safety reasons with me. After I got shot, I did close it down because it was too many um, people that we didn't know. Like you could bring your friend as long as you guys were paying the membership fee to come in. But it just it was too open for me with my kids because of everything that was going on. But it did do good for a year. And I'm thinking about, you know, once things die down a little bit later, maybe two or three years opening it back up. Well, that's good. I mean, you have to be safe at the end of the day because, I mean, your family is everything. That's all you got. And I think that that was a good premise to have. It kind of reminds me of back in the day how they used to have the teen club. Yeah, no, I was trying to tell my kids about that. They like, ma, but I said that those things were like, you know, you had somewhere safe to go and mm-hmm. it wasn't all the drama. Right, you had all the drama. At least you know. Um, Lord, at least you know where where they're at. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to worry about, you know, where they're at, what they're going to be doing, who they're hanging out with, all of that kind of stuff. Exactly. So after we, you opened up the boutique and then, you know, you did the social club. Now you said you're doing a couple of different things. So we know that you're doing the book. Did the book, um, coming up with the book, concept and everything did that come shortly after you closed the um social club or where did you branch out into another business venture i actually branched out into another uh business venture i buy houses and i flip them so that's the market in detroit is wonderful right now well it's the houses are going up you know detroit is coming back so Mm -hmm. um, but that's what I kind of do on the side. It's just I have so much going on sometimes. I'm like, okay. But right. it was so I do the I do the boutique here and there. 
I'm yeah. working on bringing back a high spring because I, I just since I did the book, I haven't been able to really focus on the boutique how I should because mm-hmm. I, and I do my dad's business. You know, he passed away a year ago. So it's kind of yeah. like I have to get that going for the spring. So I'm hoping by the spring after is one more book. I signed a five book deal. I kind of hate I did oh, that. Wow. I don't think I should have did that because it's kind of like they're pressing me, pressing me, pressing me, and they kind of want all of my attention to be on the books, which makes Mm. it hard for me to do the boutique and, you know, tend to my dad's business and the kids and everything. So right now my main focus is pushing out one more book. Um, I I do still do the real estate. I have one house I'm about to put on the market actually next week. So that was my next venture after the social club. And it went right from the real estate to the books. Oh, wow. So with the five book deal, do you have like a certain time frame in which the books all have to be out? Six months. Oh my gosh! Lisa. Oh my God! Right oh my God. <laughs> you know what? I you I was so and, and looking back, I wish I would have self published my book because I could have worked at my own pace. Mm-hmm. But I was so anxious to get the book out here. I you know it was like okay, people were offering me book deals. I'm thinking well, they wanted me to do a ten book deal. Thank God I didn't do that. No. But. I wish I would have did a little more research because when you are doing books, they really expect you to produce one book a month, which is not bad if you are a full-time author because technically eight hours a day writing, you can kind of But the thing is, you don't even see royalties to two to three months. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, you want me to write full-time and focus all my energy here well, I won't even see a check for three months. So how does that work? So it can tend to be, if I didn't have the real estate going on with the books, it probably would be kind of real stressful for me right now. So Now you did your self-help journal, but you did that one um, self-published, right? I did. I did. And when I saw how easy it was to self-publish, like literally it was so easy I'm like, I should have, you know, we just jump the gun sometimes and we get so excited. And I I hate to admit it, I didn't do my research how I should have with this whole book thing, but that's okay. It's a learning lesson. Yeah. But that's one point I want to emphasize to people before you make any kind of big moves, do your research because I wish I would have. Yeah. What was the biggest difference between the two? What's going with the company versus you doing it yourself? More control. I think with the company, I had to, they kind of, you send them your work. Then they edit it. You sign a contract saying you can take out what you want to take out. You could, you know, I kind of was more strict with them like this is my story so stuff that they were taking out I'm like no put it back in we went back and forth for a minute but Mm -hmm. self-publishing you have all your control all your rights and that was like the biggest thing because everything Uh else they do you can do like they say we do a lot of marketing and everything but I did a lot of that myself on Facebook Mm -hmm. I was paying for a lot of ads so a lot of stuff that they kind of enticed me with it was exactly so I'm giving you 30 to 40 percent of whatever I make off of each book for what 
Right. This stuff I can do myself. But you know, you know, you live and you learn. You don't know in the beginning what you don't know. So now that you know, you're like, okay, these next series of books, I know better the next time. Exactly. I said, you know how that we have like the TLCs and the people of our era yep. where they mm-hmm. get bad contracts. Now yep. I over understand because you like you were selling a million albums. Why are you broke? A mm-hmm. bad contract, a bad deal is bad. Yeah. So I, you know, I kind of say, well, it could have been worse because you know they're getting thirty percent. That's fine. It's only a few books. That's fine. It, it was a learning lesson. But now I know. No, I'd rather just self-publish because it's just so easy. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, that's definitely a lesson learned. So if you are an aspiring author, definitely take notes exactly. and know that you know just do your research and you exactly. can do it yourself. Exactly. I, I'm literally. I went and I download a Kindle Direct and I think I have my book uploaded and on Amazon within like four hours. Oh my gosh, it is that easy? It is that easy, Rhonda. <laughs> I was so, I think that's what upset me more is, you know, when people are telling you, oh, it's just so hard and it's so complicated. Well, they're telling you that because they, they're tricking you. They want mm-hmm. you to go with them. So when you get on there and you see how easy it is, and it's like, okay, I should have researched this a little more because it's simple. So with this, um, with your book series that you have now, are you going to be doing any like pop-ups or tours or anything like that? I am. I'm, my first signing is here in Detroit um, okay. in April. I think April 28th. I have a signing in Atlanta, and that's in June at a book expo. Um, right now, it's, I was asked to do a couple of more book promos in different states, but because, like I told you, I, I'm more focused in April and May with getting my dad's business off the ground and trying to get mm-hmm. the boutique because I've lost a lot of customers with the boutique. Mm-hmm. Of disappearing for you disappear for a month or two it's a thousand more boutiques out here so now so that's my focus I couldn't really maneuver with the book pop-ups in April or May how I wanted to but June July I'll be in you know several different states that is awesome that's awesome so now that you know the book is out and you know you live out loud you're very real very authentic on social media now are you weary of anything like when it comes to safety and stuff like that especially with now that you're going to be doing some of the tours and stuff I'm not going to come out the house ever again no (laughs) you know what I am I, I mean I have to be honest even before the book came out, I I do have anxiety about certain things. I don't like to be in crowds. I don't like to be around a lot of people I don't know. That may be a little problem for me going into a different book. I, I honestly, I think if I'm out of state, I will feel a little safer. I am really going uh-huh. to limit what I do here in Detroit because it's it's so put out there when you do something and you're telling people exactly where you're going to be, what time. And people are crazy. They don't care if you're in a room full of people. Like, you know, so here in Detroit, I will limit what I do. I'm more aiming towards out of state for, you know, book signings and things. Uh-huh. Well, Girl. No. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like everything that like people take even the smallest things and they just shatter. But like you have literally gone through some major things that have shifted your life completely, but you still go on like nothing ever changed. 
Yeah, it's hard, but I guess in my mind, my biggest thing is I'm a fighter. Like I've always been a fighter. So mm-hmm. I just, I have that spirit in me where I'm like, okay, I can't give up. I, yeah. I just can't. And then when you have so many people against you and, and yeah. hoping you fail, where people let that make them mad or bitter, it motivates me. So mm-hmm. I already have this fighting spirit in me. And then on top of that, it's like, okay, Lisa, you have too many people who will be happy to see you fall because your spirit irritates certain people. I try to encourage women, help women, motivate women. So it's I'm going to get a little more hate sometimes for that. And you can see my DM sometimes. Some of the stuff I get is just crazy. And Are you serious? So I, you know, it's just like, okay, it, all of that, it just pushes me. It does. It pushes me. Well, what's next for you? Rhonda, Lord, I don't know. I, I swear, my life is like a roller coaster. I think um, right now I want to finish my book deal. I have two more books that I have to push out in the next couple of months. Um, I want to a little more get into my domestic violence that I'm trying to do. I work close with, um, it's an agency called the Angel House, and they help uh-huh. um, victims get out of state. Just And oh, I think uh-huh. it's, it's really a good thing because a lot of women are just trapped. Like, they feel like they don't have anywhere to go. So I think I want to really put more energy towards nonprofit work, domestic yeah. violence work, um, and get the boutique back, you know, up, up and going. Little real estate here and there. It's just, Rhonda, I just, but I guess I'm kind of like, at this point, I leave everything in God's hands because I never know where he's going to take me next. I never thought four months ago I would be writing books or be on a podcast with you. Like, I just, I don't even know anymore. It's just, wow, okay, God, that's what we're doing now. Cool. Right. It's so much, but thank you. I appreciate it. So how can our uh, audience find you? How can they connect with you? I am on Instagram under Miss LB, my author's name, and also on Facebook under Miss LB, my author's name. So Instagram or Facebook. Well, I honestly can say that I feel like anything that you put your hands on is going to be gold. So (laughs) it don't even matter. Look, now you just need to go ahead and package that all all up in the course and go on and sell that course. Okay, you know what? Don't get me started because you know that'll be my next business. I'm just going to put it out there. That's what you need to do. Go package that all up, girl. Do not get me started. You know, I say that's not a bad idea. <laughs> I'm just saying, look, that's that's you can make money while you sleep and go do the other businesses. I'm just saying, I'm just gonna put that out there. Listen, you have a very valid point. Now you get some food for thought. <laughs> so before we end, I would like to do this uh, segment called Time Capsule. It's kind of like a lightning round. So I'm going to ask you a series of five questions. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just say whatever comes to mind. Okay. Um, what would you tell your younger self? Listen more. Listen more to the older people who trying to tell you right. 
check, check, and check. Note to self. <laughs> they are not trying to hurt you. They're trying to help you. <laughs> they are trying to help you. Lord knows. Yeah. Um, question number two. What keeps you sane throughout your journey? Wine. No. <laughs> Wine, and I know this is a bad combination, wine and prayer. And and, and it's just true. You know, I'm very real. Listen, I pray a lot, but I drink a lot, too, because uh, <laughs> I, I need to calm these nerves, Lord. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, question number three, what tools help you the most in your day to day? I would say note taking journal. Like I write down every single thing. Like right now, these little, every little sticky thing, they all over my computer, my everything. Like the, the no, every that's the best thing is notes. Notes is my my life. I write down everything because it's just I always have so much going on. If I mm-hmm. did, that's how I just keep track of everything. Organization, my phone, calendars, like that's the most important thing to me. Yes, that that is key. Having a journal and having um a planner or just something that you can put all this plug all that stuff into, yeah, that's essential. It's life saving. It really is. It's life saving. Mm-hmm. It is. Question number four. What um is the name of another shift maker who is out there making some moves that is going under the radar, but people need to know about? Oh, that is a good one. You know what? I have a see. I want to say the her name is Karen Lewis, and she's under the Angel House, and she's doing oh. so much for the community, and mm-hmm. she's not. Well, I guess we don't. I don't want to say that the wrong way, but when you're trying to be more helpful, you tend to go under the radar more. If mm-hmm. you're, you know, I'm trying to think of the right words that I can use that would be correct. But we live in a society now where only certain people are getting recognition, and it's most of the time not for good things. It's for, you know, yeah, crazy stuff that you're doing. But I would probably say her name is Karen Lewis and I, I love her. I adore her. She does so much for the community and she says it all the time like she doesn't get the recognition that she thinks she should. Nah, I think I agree. What, um, how can we connect with her? Because I'll put her information in the show notes. Um, I can give you her number because she always does different things. So I can give you her number. Okay. Well, give me, send me over that information and I'll make sure that I put some way that people can connect with her in the show notes. So yeah, I definitely agree that people who are out here serving need to be recognized a lot more because it's a selfless act. They're not doing it to get paid or anything like that. They're doing it because of their passion and it's in them to do it. Yes. But for your viewers, she's under the, the angel house on Facebook. The okay, angel. the angel house. Yes. Okay, yes. perfect. I'll put that in there. Okay. Um, and then question number five. <laughs> Look, what are you most thankful for throughout your whole journey? <laughs> you know what? Actually, and you're going to make me cry. I, <laughs> I think it would have to be hands down my parents because mm. that structure, wisdom, like I tell people all the time, my, my mother taught me how to be a lady. You know, that's, in society now, that's big if you know how yeah. to be a lady. 
me. My father, you know, he gave me my heart, my that drive, that go get them. And I think that's how I am. That's how I, that's what made me into the person I am. So, yeah. I, I mean, every morning, every night, I just, I thank God for my parents because I know had it not been the type of parents they were and how they raised me, mm-hmm. Lisa wouldn't be Lisa. I, I may have, you know, then gave up, but because of how I was raised, it's like failure is not an option to me. Just right. That's how we were raised. And it's like, I don't care what you're going through. Failure is not an option. So I'm, mm-hmm. just, I'm thankful for my parents. Oh, yes, Lord. Yeah, I feel you on that. So I can understand why that that would that would make you cry because you had some amazing parents and you could tell the values that are instilled in you, you know, because they speak volumes now. They speak volumes. And people don't, they don't realize that. And that's what I tell my kids, like, your parents are everything, like how they raise you. And like you said, values that they put into you. Even I, I said all the time, even when they thought I wasn't listening, I was okay. listening. And you will always use parents wisdom until the day you die. And it's important. I forgot to ask you one thing. How can people get your book? I have a link on my page. Through, well, first of all, the easiest way is I'm on Amazon and it's He Almost Had Me. If they want the one click link, they can go to my author page, Miss LB, mm-hmm. and it's in my bio, in my author page, and on my Instagram. Okay, perfect. We'll put all the information in the show notes so that way people can connect with you and they can go and buy the book. (laughs) Go and get the book, you guys. Let's support black businesses, okay? So go and get the book. Well, thank you, Lisa, for taking your time out to sit here and chat it up with me. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for being patient with me while I was figuring it out. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? (laughs) She's going to kill me. (laughs) Girl, it is completely fine. Look, it's all of these little techie different things. I'm like, oh, this is new. Let me try this. And, you know, so hey, it is all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you for a moment, Miss Rhonda. <laughs> I am proud of you for everything you're doing with the podcast, with everything. So I'm very proud of you too. Anytime I see a, a black woman doing positive things, I have to acknowledge that also. So thank you for having me on the show and thank you for even having the podcast and setting an example for black women too. Thank you. Look, don't be making me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I said, said, Sister Jackie, I know she's proud of all of us. I think so. I think that we are all out here. Our class is doing some some really good things. So yes. I think she is. I think yes. she's proud. Yes. Well, you guys, make sure that you tune in every single Wednesday for a new episode of Shift the Plan podcast. Thank you for listening to Shift the Plan podcast. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure that you are subscribed and that you rate this episode as well as leave a review. Let me know what you think as well as any questions you may have for the guests that was on the episode today. Now, some exciting news. If you haven't already seen it on my uh, Shift the Plan podcast or my personal page, The Rhonda Evans, we are now a whole tribe, y'all. I know it has evolved from just me having 
having the idea to starting the podcast to now wanting to connect with more individuals who are shift makers, those who are making an impact in different areas in the community and education, mental health, and just what that foundation of building families are. Um, And so I'm excited to announce that we are now an organization called Shift Maker Charlotte. So you can head on over to our Instagram page at shift.makers.clt and take a look at what we have going on. And you can also go directly to the website at shifttheplan.com backslash join the tribe.